as a follower of Jesus Christ, every fact, every event, every location, every relationship that is connected with Jesus Christ is interesting to me, and it should be interesting to us. It should be, because those things matter. In those things, there's teaching. In those things, there's opportunity. In those things are wonderful opportunity for dialogue with the Lord. Holy Spirit, show me about this relationship that Jesus had. Holy Spirit, guide me in this act that Jesus did in this place that he went. Any place that we see connected to Jesus is deserving of study and prayer and consideration. His manger. The temple. Eating dinner with sinners. His ministry. His prayer life. Calvary. The cross. And a borrowed tomb. Every place that Jesus walked, every place that Jesus touched, every place that Jesus laid his head is precious to us because it was a place that was touched by the Savior of men and the King of glory. When it comes to Calvary, when it comes to the cross, our interest grows into passion. When it comes to Calvary, when it comes to the cross, our thoughts become centered on the agony, on the suffering, on the humiliation, the shame. Oftentimes when we think about the cross, our thoughts also turn into tears and possibly anger. A knot might well up in your throat as we experience a tangible sense of being so unworthy of such a selfless expression of love. Such a total outpouring of love. And then something happens. Because of our deep gratitude for Jesus Christ, because of our affection and our love for Him, we find ourselves unable to leave that place. Maybe unwilling to leave that place. Even when Jesus breathed His last breath and was taken off the cross, somehow, oftentimes, we remain there. We relate to Peter who denied his Savior three times. We relate to the disciples who ran and hid and feared. And with our, with our heart, we remain in this place of the cross because we purpose in our hearts not to do the same. We purpose in our hearts, Lord, we're going to stay at the cross. So we remain beside Jesus. 
as Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and the fearless women of faith who did not run but stayed by Jesus during the entirety of his suffering. As they lift and carry his lifeless body to the tomb, we stay. We stay because we simply can't bear the thought of leaving the Son of Man at this darkest hour. And so we stay. We determine in our heart, this time we won't run. This time we won't hide. This time we won't fear. We will stay by our Savior. I want to invite every single one of you to come with me to a place tonight. To come to the tomb. Come with me to the tomb. Come with me to see the place where Jesus lay. I know that in leading you there, that I am taking us to a place that is sensitive, a place that is vulnerable. But I promise you this, if you go there with me, when we leave there, you will leave whole. You will leave healthy. You will leave changed. The second part of Matthew 28, 6 shows the words of an angel inviting us to come see the place where he was lying. I understand that as we stand at the place of the entrance of this tomb, that to many of us it is the burial place of the one that we love the most. To some of you as we stand, we are standing at the grave of your brother, your best friend. Proverbs 18.24 says this, A man of many companions may come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And this landmark of burial may be your husband, your redeemer, your father, your defender, your liberator, your freedom fighter, the only one who truly gets you the only one who truly brings you joy and makes you laugh. The book of Isaiah and the Psalms confirm this. Isaiah 54.5 says, For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel who is called the God of all the earth. Psalm 68.5 and 6 says, Father to the fatherless, defender of the widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free. And He gives them joy. So why would we want to go there? Why would we want to go to the tomb? Why would we want to go into the tomb? Because we've been invited to. Because we're supposed to be there. This tomb is not sealed. It's open. The ground contains deep stress marks. As we see, the stone that once sealed this tomb has been violently thrust away. It's open. 
And unlike any other tomb, this one is not dark. It has a peaceful sense of light coming from it. Let's go inside the tomb. I know that you've probably never heard that invitation before. Outside of a Scooby-Doo cartoon, that is. But let's go inside. Let's not be afraid to come inside. Let's not walk away from this place or just be content to stay on the outside. We are not trespassing. Like I said, we've been invited to come in. We're supposed to be here. We are supposed to come in. See that verse that I read earlier about coming to the place where he laid? I only read the last part of that verse. Here's the entire verse. Matthew 28, 6. An angel speaking, saying, Jesus is not here, for he has risen just as he said, come, see the place where he was laying. You don't have to worry about this place being damp and dark because this is not a place of death and decay. This tomb is not a place of death. Death was defeated before Jesus' body made it to the tomb. Death was defeated on the cross. When Jesus declared the words, It is finished. And then he lowered his head. And he breathed his last breath. At that moment, death was defeated. At that moment, sin was defeated. At that moment, the barrier between us and God was completely obliterated. In fact, the veil, the curtain in the temple, the symbol of the division between us and God. It was four inches thick. It was the symbol that us, unholy, unrighteous, could not come to a holy, righteous God. It was only an act that a purified, sanctified, followed all the steps priests could do. The prevailing symbol of our division between us and God was torn from the top all the way down to the bottom. Torn, indicating that the Son's work was complete. That there was no longer a wall between us and God. Death defeated. I've got a knife, but God, God didn't use a knife. That's, that's now I have nowhere good. What a powerful moment! It is finished. It is completed. No more barriers. 
No more division between us and God. God ripped it apart, showing the world that there was a new freedom that they were to experience. A freedom that they had never known before or even imagined. An access, an all-access freedom to come to Him. Because of what? Because of Jesus. Death was defeated on the cross. The tomb is not a place of death for you and I. We are walking into a place that is completely pure. We are walking into a place where there should be no fear or trepidation. We are walking into a healthy place. Jesus did not know corruption while he was alive, right? He did not sin. He lived a sinless, corrupt-free life. Well, how cool is this? That Jesus did not know corruption in death. He wasn't in there long enough. He wasn't in the tomb long enough for his body to decay. But he was in there long enough. He was in the tomb long enough. Long enough to carry death and denial and doubt with him. Long enough to lay to rest fear and failure and fatigue. Jesus' body wasn't in the tomb long enough to decompose. But it was in there long enough to give proof to the world that Jesus Christ died. The tomb gave proof to the world that Jesus died. And an empty tomb gives us proof as well. An empty tomb gives us proof that death has been conquered in our life. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. And Jesus rose from the grave. And all three were needed. Friends, the tomb was needed. And not just to satisfy prophecy about being buried in a borrowed tomb. It was needed as proof. You see, Jesus broke the rules of convention for our life. He died so that we could live. He went into a place of burial and death that for us holds life and rest and freedom. He rose from the dead and now lives. And for him and him alone, Am I willing to die? The tomb was needed. The dead body of Jesus may have been carried to the tomb by men, but let's not be mistaken. Jesus carried unmeasurable things with him to that tomb as well. He carried our sin to that tomb. He carried every bit of your sin, every bit of my sin. He carried our shame. He carried our failure. Jesus couldn't trust this task with anyone else. So he did it himself. He personally carried our guilt and our burdens and every bit of assault against us to that tomb. 
Jesus carried the unrest of the pressures of life into that tomb. Jesus carried the fear of failure, the fear of man, the fear of death into that tomb. Friends, we cannot just stand on the outside of that tomb and not go in. We have to go in. We can't just peek inside from a distance. We must go in. Why? Why? Because we have to see that it is completely empty. We have to see that it is absolutely empty. It is clean. It actually smells nice. It should. Because the tomb for us represents a place of rest and joy for you and I, not of death. Not a place of sorrow. The tomb is not a place of mourning. And it definitely, definitely is not a place of storage for our sins. It is not a place of storage. Jesus carried our sin and our guilt and our shame and our failures there, but they are not stored there. We need to walk into that tomb and see that it is empty. None of our sin is there. None of our shame is there. None of the past is there. None of our wonderful accomplishments are there. It is empty. It's not a place of storage. A place of storage of our sins does not exist. It does not exist. Jesus said, that our sins are cast as far as the east is from the west. It can't be measured. And for you and I, the empty tomb is also a place of proof. Proof that our past has been made new. Proof that sin and death could not claim our lives either. The tomb, the empty tomb, you and I can run to the empty tomb again and again and again and find joy and find rest and make it a place of worship and make it a place to remember. I talked about us clinging to Him and, and being there with Him and unable to leave that place of torment of the cross. Friends, we have got to walk into that tomb to see that He is not there. The guilt of denial is not there. The shame of running is not there. None of it's there. That's what his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection are all about. Bringing us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. If we can... Friends, Jesus is alive. He has risen from the dead. He appeared to his disciples. And he said, tell this story to the world. Tell this story. Give them this proof of my love. Take it to the world. 
Christianity was never meant to be a spectator sport. We were never meant to stand on the outside and just look in. We were never meant just to be on the sidelines and simply cheer. It was always part of God's plan that we were in the game. Competing. Wearing the colors of the most victorious dynasty that has ever been. God does not want you to turn into some mindless robot. He gave you that amazing personality. He gave you that huge heart. He gave you those wonderful eyes. He simply wants to heal us and love us and grow us so that that wonderful personality that we have reflects our God's personality and they see that He's real. So that that big heart of ours gets healed, gets made whole so that the love that flows from it is pure and it reflects the Father's love. So that those eyes, those gorgeous eyes, reflect light, reflect love, and they look for a hurting world that needs His love. We were always meant to be in relationship with God. And Jesus said, go and let the world know that. Will you follow him? Will you follow him out of the empty tomb? Alive. Whole. Healed. Victorious. Jesus was always meant to be our best friend. He was always meant to be that awesome older brother. God was always meant to be our loved one, our Father, our Redeemer, our Savior, our freedom fighter, our liberator, the one that truly knows us and who really makes us laugh. Church, the tomb will always represent death to us unless we follow him out. Until we follow Jesus out of the tomb and freely give our lives to him, then the tomb is still death. Until we give him our all, are all, are all, everything. Our hurts, our pains, our shames, our frustrations, our offenses. Until we do that, then we're allowing those things and ourselves to remain where? In the tomb. The tomb's supposed to be empty. But when we hold on to those things, then it's still death and we're still there. Jesus isn't. Jesus isn't. But we place ourselves in that place of death. In doing so, we allow those things to bring death to our life again and again and again. Anybody find themselves caught up in a cycle? 
why. There's a cycle in my life. I have this good season that I crash, and this good season that I crash. And I, I do well and I crash. That's not God's plan. That's not, that's not God's plan for any of us. We're supposed to give Him our all and then walk out of that tomb with the confidence that it's not stored there. It's dead. And that we're alive. Until we give Him everything. That we haven't allowed ourselves to accept the fullness of what Jesus did once and for all. It is finished. It is done. The veil ripped. Once and for all. Death defeated. But we've got to agree. We've got to accept. And that's the life that we're supposed to be demonstrating. I'm asking you guys to do something honest right now. I'm asking you guys to do something courageous right now. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to take a look inside yourself. And I want you to see what hurts are still in there. What offenses are still in there? What pain is still in there? What fear is still in there? And whatever you see, whatever comes to mind, won't you give those to Jesus right now? Will you give those to Jesus right now? As proof that you believe that He paid the price of His own life for you. Won't you give Him your all right now? Won't you give Him the things you've withheld from Him right now? Won't you give Him the things that you've reserved and said, this is mine and only mine right now? Won't you give Him the things you said you won't do I won't do that, Lord. I will not do that, Lord. Won't you give that to Him right now? Friends, we don't have to be bound to death in that tomb. We can have life and life to the fullest with Jesus Christ. We can open our eyes when you want to. If you're still doing it, then please stay in that place because that's what the Lord wants us doing. Friends, we were never meant to stand on the outside of the empty tomb. See, if we're on the outside of the empty tomb, we're weeping, we're crying, we're heavy because that's the place where our Lord was buried. What have you done with my Lord? What have you done with him? We're not supposed to stay on the outside. We're supposed to walk in and run from side to side and jump up and and look and go, it is empty. It is empty. Completely empty. We were never supposed to be too afraid to go in. We were never supposed to be too proud to go in. Because Jesus took that on the cross. He took fear on the cross. He, he took pride on the cross. He took all that we will give Him. And He carried it to that tube. And it's empty. 
but that means that we've got to give him everything. We've got to believe, truly believe, that when Jesus was on the cross, he invited us to give him our lives and our sin and our all. To trust him with our all and to follow him. So I'm talking to every one of us in this place today. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. Will we give him the entirety of our life? Everything. Everything. Will we give him everything? Give him our all. Will we walk into that tomb, look around, start shouting and screaming and rejoicing because we, we see that it is completely empty? That none of our life is stored in that borrowed tomb. Because every bit of our life, every bit of it, since we gave it all to Him, every bit of our life lives in victory and in grace with Jesus Christ, our victorious King. Will we follow Him out of the tomb and into victorious life? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place. For paying the price for our sin. Our pride. For conquering shame and fear and failure. Thank you, Jesus, for being led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, demonstrating that we can do the same. Living victoriously. Lord, we purpose in our heart right now to give you our all. To give you everything we've withheld from you. Every part of us that in any way we've kept from you. We give you our all. We give you our everything, Lord.